strokes the three from the left wing. Gagliardi, why not? He's feeling it. He's oh, from three. Goodness. Junior down the lane, drops to Rainwater for a two-handed slam. That's what you do. He will tear down a rim this year. Largy able to blow by the pressure. Now a lob, Rivers throws it down. Cato tries it again. You bet, Caleb Cato, back-to-back threes. Welcome in, as always, this is Russell Kelly on the mic. That's Viva La Russell on Twitter and Viva La Russ on Instagram. Joined here with my co-host, Elliot Cressy, or whatever the hell your handle is. At Elliot Cressy on every platform. On every platform. Including OnlyFans. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, side hustle, man. DM me if you're interested. If you mention Screecher Report, get you 15% off. 15? Yeah. That's steep. 15% off. A bundle. All our Screechers out there. Uh, we are Screecher Report, as we've said. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, that old fossil Facebook, um, and at ScreecherReport.com, as always. But anyways, we're back at it again with the white New Balances. How we doing, Elliot? Oh, speaking of new shoes, I was actually looking at New Balances. Uh, they just got the flow. It's got that new wave. They're endorsed by Kawhi Leonard, Jack Harlow. Some cool, some cool dudes, but uh, I didn't get any New Balances. What'd you get? Asics. Asics. That's that's like every nurse's favorite shoe. Yeah, I don't even feel bad about it. I used to be Nike till I die. Before that, I was Etnies. Etnies. <laughs> In middle school. Uh, yeah, man. A pair of Asics, black. They're comfy. They got cushion. They help my feet. That's, that's all you could ask for. They support a... me more than my mother. <laughs> Dude, it's. Mother's Day was just a few days ago. Ah, uh, that was a bad joke. I love you, Mom. Uh, okay. Anyways, we decided to do another pod after not doing one for months, as we established on the last one. Uh, some news has come across the Screecher Report desk. And up first on the docket is the freshman we spoke about last pod and have reported on a bit, Jaheim Hudson, has decommitted from FGCU. The only real information out about it is what he has said over social media as well as Coach Fly, and that's just that there's a mutual parting of ways, uh, circumstances beyond all parties' control. I don't know what that means. I hope the best for him, obviously. I was looking forward to covering him. Yeah, and we won't speculate too much on what that means, but it could be family-related, could be location-related, could be... He doesn't want to be here related. <laughs> yeah. You know, yep. It could be anything. So bottom line is he's no longer going to be on the team. So see ya, Hudson. So for a brief minute, we went from having two open scholarships on the team to having three open scholarships on the team. But wait, there's more. Now, um, uh, I think it was this past Friday evening, transfer committed to FGCU Austin Ritchie out of Tulsa. Uh, just a few things about him. Six foot seven or six foot six, something like that, about 226 pounds. So good size. Uh, he's a stretch four. He shot 36% from three last year at Tulsa. He averaged seven points and I believe three rebounds or something. But in games that he played 20 minutes or more, it was like 11 points and three or four rebounds. So he's definitely a guy who can come to the A Sun and play pretty well and just sort of provide that offensive. Um, production that we've been looking for at the four for a long time 
Yep, we surely hope so. I mean, coming from a good conference uh, in Tulsa, I'm not sure of the conference, but I know it's a good conference. The Tulsa conference. <laughs> the Tulsa-only conference. Yeah. Uh, no, it looks like he has a really um, well-developed body. You know, it looks kind of like we were talking and kind of looked like a mixture of uh, Zach Johnson and Goodwin, all the best right. aspects. Being a, being a bigger guy, though, obviously. He's in a way different position. Right, right, right. Just that body type. Yeah. And I think that's what we need more is some athletes and athleticism to get us through the uh, right the the trials and tribulations of yeah. the A Sun. So yeah, two open scholarships now. Um, I still think we're gonna go try to grab an experienced uh, guard, probably more of a point guard, ball handler type dude, and then probably a, a freshman. Austin Ritchie is what year? Um, that's really hard to describe because COVID year. I read from I think it might have been Greg Hardwig at uh, is that Naples Daily News or yes. News Press? Yeah, um, uh, that he has two years of eligibility. I'm pretty sure anyone who transfers, unless it's a grad transfer, has two years of eligibility. Even if they were a freshman. Well, no, I mean at a minimum. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. So maybe he only plays one and decides to go professional wherever that may be. Maybe he does both. But um, hey, random question: Can you leave a school, play at another school, and transfer back to the school you came from? For whatever I reason, I've never seen that. See why not? I was just wondering. You know, knowing our luck, maybe he'll he'll come to us and go back to Tulsa after <laughs> a year. This is my. It's like a Rumspringa, the the uh, Amish. Thing. They they are raised in the Amish community, oh, yeah. and then they go off and do a bunch of hard drugs and. <laughs> <laughs> but you know like i'm really excited about the new guys we have halverson bringing the shooting um the big dog and andre weir what can he do down low uh carlos rosario really just refined polished traditional old school big um now austin richie adding some offense and perimeter shooting to you know the four spot but like you know what we haven't had in a long time is really since the Goodwin Johnson days. And of course those are two big names with big shoes to fill, but just an alpha, you know what I mean? A guy who can cross you up, a guy who could take step backs, drive around you and put the team on his back. Doe. Doe. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. Is, is that a freshman coming in soon? Is that, is that a returning player? Is that one of these new guys? You know, it's, it's, where's that going to come from? Yeah, I don't know. You know, any of these players are always poised for a breakout season. We've seen it with Cyrus Large the last last season and even the season before. I've seen a handful and time after time of it from Caleb Cato. Maybe he steps up again this year, his senior year. Or it could be a new guy coming in. It could be Rosario. It could be um, Austin Ritchie. It could, it could be anyone. So it's just who's going to be the alpha? Who's going to be the omega? <laughs> Well, we need an Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Epsilon. I miss Delta. We need all those guys. Yeah, we don't want any Deltas. We're the frat Epsilons side. are the role players. We need a whole bunch of those. We need a lot of frat guys. Actually, some news we haven't talked about yet is, you know, for the past few years, it's like every offseason, it's what's the A-Sun going to do as far as is our teams leaving, our teams being added. Well, this year, nobody's leaving, but three teams are coming on. And we had nine last year. And so that's going to bring us to 12. But the three teams are Eastern Kentucky University coming from the Ohio Valley Conference. They were 22-7 and seven last year, so 
pretty damn good, and 15-5 and five in conference, and that's a pretty good conference. Also from Ohio Valley Conference is Jacksonville State. They were 18-9 and nine overall and 13-6 and six in conference. So, again, those are two pretty damn good teams joining the A-Sun and, you know, bringing bigs that are bigger <laughs> than the ones we normally see and just really good skill and talent. Thirdly, Central Arkansas is from the Southland Conference. It is D1. Uh, they were 5-19 and 19 last year and 4-12 and 12 in their conference. So, you know, it seems like a pretty wide range of talent coming in, but and you never know how that's going to look when people are integrating into the A-Sun and how quickly are they going to, you know, dominate or get dominated. Or Yeah, not at all. I mean, that kind of throws a, a good curveball into the conference, so that'll be interesting. Yep. The more good teams that enter, the better your team gets. The better coaches that enter, the better your team gets. Um, so does that mean more or less games? It'll be more games. It's not enough. It's not enough teams to not play everybody. So, I mean, that's 11 conference games if there's 12 teams. Or 22, actually. But, yeah, versus last year, though, we had nine. Well, we were supposed to have... <laughs> yeah, yeah. We yeah. were supposed to have 18 conference games. Yeah. But that ended up being, like... I don't know, 10. <laughs> we didn't play like three teams in the conference. Really, really want a full season next year, <laughs> just like anybody else. And I, I think it's going to hey, happen. the NFL really did do. it. Yeah. I mean, the NBA has done it since the bubble, too, with pretty pretty minimal, you know, lag time. But we'll, uh, we'll see. I mean, it can't be shut down forever. So I think, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a <clears throat> back-to-normal year. But, again, I don't want to uh, jinx this with my bad juju. So, uh, been anywhere good to eat lately? <clears throat> yeah, always. Always? <laughs> You're always I'm always eating. Places. I'm always eating good. What'd you eat good? What's Arby's. the last good thing you ate? Arby's? Arby's. You're not even serious. Actually, I listened to a pod this morning about um, this guy that eats sprouts. Like dirt-flavored beans? Yeah, like broccoli things? sprouts. Yeah. That's all he eats for the last 20 years. How's he doing? Well, his whole family died of heart disease, so he wanted to change that. So he's just... I'm not saying he's doing the wrong thing, but when you respond to a tragedy by doing the 100% opposite, you're just doing one extreme to the other. He seems to be happy. Yeah, if he's happy, he's happy. Yeah. But anyways, that's not me. I don't eat sprouts. I probably no. I probably never I might, but not as my main source of uh income to my body. Ingestional income. <laughs> Where have I eaten that's good? There's a lot of places I've eaten that's good, but you know what I miss? What? Connors. In the town center? In the town center. Connors is good. Connors is great. They have the lunch special if you go at lunch. If you're feeling loaded with money, you can drop 100 bucks on a steak and <laughs> shrimp. The last time I went to Connors was for my bachelor's graduation. So that was like that was a long time. That was like 6 years ago. We going to Connors? <laughs> yeah. All right. If anyone wants to join us at Connors, <laughs> we'll be there at an undecided date. Speaking of uh, steak from Connors, steak is beef. Beef can be shredded. And one guy who is shredded beef personified is former FGCU basketball player Brian Thomas. Am I right? <laughs> See, I thought you were going to say Justice Rainwater because he was the most shredded beef. Oh, yeah. Beef. He's shredded beef personified. He's like organic taco shredded beef. 
Like so, there's that's the difference. They're both shredded beef. They're just different grades. Yeah. So Justice Rainwater was like ninety eight percent lean. Ninety seven three. Yeah. Brian, Brian Thomas, Thomas is eighty five fifteen. Yeah, eighty five fifteen or ninety ten. That's good for a burger. But it, that, that shit's succulent, man. Yeah, I mean, it's good it's... for a burger. It's good for barbecue. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, Brian Thomas, if you don't remember, was with the Eagles from I want to say two thousand seventeen to two thousand twenty for his first three years and he was a big man down low six nine six ten two fifty that kind of range um he was here for the end of the dually years he was here for the beginning of the fly years um struggled to stay on the court a bit um, with injury concerns but when he was on he's a shot blocker he's a defense you know big strong dude but so we're gonna have him on to talk about just what he's been doing catch up with him ask him some questions talk about his new foray into streaming and YouTube, talking about, you know, being a D1 athlete, talking to kids out there, and see what he's got to say. Hello and welcome, Brian Thomas, to the Screecher Report podcast. Uh, Brian was with FGCU as a freshman in the 2017-2018 season for Coach Dooley's last year as coach until 2019-2020 season, which was his junior year. Uh, this past season, he played for Grambling State. He's a big man, 6'9", 250, 260. Brian, how's it going, man? Man, I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on. Of course. You've been doing big things, it seems like, starting up a YouTube channel and everything. We will get to that in a bit, but before then, we are uh, we do cover FGCU, so we're going to ask a few questions about your time there. Any special memories you have as an Eagle? Any memories, good memories playing with certain guys and stuff like that? Yeah, so I actually have, I have a lot of memories. Um, a lot of my favorite from my freshman year when we were under Coach Dooley, and we actually had uh, Brandon Gooden who's on the Hawks right now. So I actually tell people this story. This was one of my first days in um, practice. I'm playing, um, we're scrimmaging, and Brandon's driving uh, to the basket, and I'm thinking I'm going to get a block. And he jumps in the air, and he hits me, and I fly back. And he just lays it in. And this is the first time in my actual career when a guard was actually able to do that to me. And at that moment, I knew he was different. Yeah, leave it to Brandon Goodwin to do that. <laughs> Legendary guy in the program, making noise on the Hawks every time he gets a chance. But yeah, that's that's funny. I know I know I heard on one of your videos recently, uh, Darnell Rogers doing the same thing. Was that a was that a theme for a bit? Yeah, it was because uh, I was skinny when I first got to college, so I used to get I used to get bullied a lot in practice. I'm not gonna lie, it was it was a, it was a bit of an adjustment period. You were a big, but not a college big yet, huh? Yeah, not yet, not yet. <laughs> All right, um, so I don't want to make it all about FGCU. Uh, how was your year at Grambling? Uh, tell us about, you know, how your season went and just how things went for you there. Well, I'm pretty sure, as you know, like I've dealt with a lot of injuries over my career. So part of the reason why, why I kind of um, left FGCU, I wanted to see if I can get um, one more year out of my out of my legs. You know, I've dealt with the uh, knee injuries and things like that. So I actually, I got to Grambling. I played uh, for seven games against all the high major, you know, out-of-conference schedule. And I'm feeling pretty good. So we go home for Christmas, for Christmas break. And with my body, I usually can't take breaks. Like, I have to be consistent. But I'm thinking, okay, you feel pretty good. You can go home for two days and just relax. 
But we came back on the 26th, and we were in practice, and I felt a little pull in the back of my knee. But I was like, you know, uh, that's whatever. I'll playing through. Next thing you know, my knee swelled. I ended up being my uh, college career, actually. So. Yeah, that that's tough to hear, man. I know I know you struggled to stay healthy quite a bit. I know it's not for lack of effort and everything. And when you were on the court, we loved watching it. I finally remember it was in a loss, unfortunately, but your last year with the team, just you getting all, I think it was seven blocks in a game, your last game yeah. at FGCU, um, you know, just bodying up Asajula on Lipscomb and just, just doing things that not a lot of people could do. Um but yeah, you know that's. I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm I'm glad you had a you know you were feeling good for at least a little bit. Um, but speaking for you as as a transfer, as a guy who did the whole portal thing, this year is just insane. I think there's like 1,600 kids in the in the portal right now, and it you know COVID year and all that kind of stuff. But just as a guy who who uh, went through that last year, I know it's not totally the same, but can you just sort of peel back the curtain for us? Um, what does that look like? When you enter the portal, then what happens, and just kind of what what is it all about? Okay, so I'm actually speaking about you, so I'm actually going to do a video about it pretty soon. But how it works is, so you put your name in the portal, and then from that point on, um, coaches have coaches can contact you. They have your information, right? So I would say this to a lot of players: a lot of players aren't realistic with themselves as to their production that previous year, right? And right. especially. COVID year, there's almost 2,000 names in the portal. You know, that's a lot of talent. So I even tried to tell my guys who are at Grambling this year who did transfer, like, if you aren't averaging double digits, it's a pretty good chance you're not going to be able to go back to D1 because it's that much talent. And as you can see, we even have high major players who are contributors are transferring, who are starters. So it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to be honest with yourself sometimes, but the transfer portal is definitely something once you go into it, you have to be sure and positive of, and confident of what you did in that last year and that it is going to translate to your next school. Otherwise, you, there are a lot of players I know that they thought they might be able to go D1, but now they have to go D2 or NAIA or things like that. Sure, and we've been following the, the portal really closely this offseason, FGCU in particular. At one point, I had, I think, four open scholarships. Um, because, you know, guys who you thought were going to leave as seniors end up getting that extra year of eligibility. And so it's like, oh, we got all these extra spaces. But um, so we've been looking at it really closely, seeing which guys might come in, which positions might be being looked at. But um, I see personally a big theme of, you know, it'll be a guy who's like, okay, I'm down to my two or three schools. And one of those two or three schools will be just more of a high major than the other ones. And you can like damn well guarantee that's the one he's going to choose. Is that, is that kind of, um, is that kind of how it always is even with transfers? Just like, is it about the biggest school or is it about the best fit? Well, especially for like kids coming from smaller schools, you always, especially like if you've been in the basketball community, a lot of your friends or teammates are playing at the big school. So you see them on TV or you see them having all this gear. What they don't tell you about that is, at that school, it's easier to become a number. And what I mean by that is you're just a role player, right? So let's just say you come to a mid-major, a low-major school, you're the star of that team. But at a high-major school, you're just a role player. Like, you might play 10 to 15 minutes a night while you stay at a low, go to a lower school, you're playing 30. So a lot of players don't don't think about that. When they make those decisions, they see the flash and they see the glamour, but they don't really realize what it actually is. 
Awesome. It's great to have your, you know, a guy who went through its perspective on that in, in such a crazy year with, like you said, it's, it's, I think by the time it's all said and done, it will be at 2000 kids in the portal, which is just insane. Just to speak to transitions a bit, you were in another interesting situation where, you know, like we said, Dooley's last year as head coach to fly. How is it sort of going through a transition from one coach to another, even though obviously Coach Fly was on staff with Dooley and then before that as well. But just speak to that transition and any sort of, not trouble, but, you know, how tough that could be or seamless or whatever it was for you. Okay, well, coming into FGCU, I kind of had an idea of what could happen because I'd seen um, FGCU's previous success under Coach Dooley. And I'll be honest, during the season, there was a point in time, I'm pretty sure you know, we went on like a 15-game winning streak. Mm -hmm. And and so at that point, I'm starting to realize people around the locker room starting to realize, okay, we're we're really really good. Like there is a chance Coach Dooley might get another opportunity. So from that point on, you know, we were still we still came together. We still we understood. But um, as you know, we were all already we loved Coach Fly. We already knew Coach Fly. He was already a, a great integral part of the system. Like he makes a lot of the program go, a lot of parts of the program grow. So when the transition did happen. It wasn't for me personally, you know, of course I would, I didn't, I didn't like to see, you know, the head coach I committed to go, but the fact that it was coach fly that did take over, it wasn't someone from the outside. It was someone I was familiar with. It really helped me in terms of, as you can see, my production went up from freshman to sophomore year and my basketball confidence went up just because I had someone in my ear who, who'd always been there. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. I think that was definitely, I mean, he had been there fly had been there such a long time as it is. You know, it was definitely the the least resisted path for sure. You know, improvement in wins from this pa this past year from the the year before, and you know, we're hoping things are looking up and finally getting to a place where you know on FGCU's end where you know those wins start piling up a lot bigger than the than the losses. But um, it's kind of crazy. The other day I was thinking about what to talk with you about, and um, I realized that there's only three players on the roster currently because the guy's graduating and a couple of transfers that were on the roster when you were there. It's Caleb Caddo, uh, Cyrus, and Dakota. And <laughs> that's literally it. But um, those three guys, though, you can speak to, that's kind of the nucleus of the team at this point. Did You know, was it you playing alongside a guy like Caddo or even Largy coming out of nowhere and, and Rivers, the shot blocker and stuff like that? I guess, can you speak to their talents a little bit? Yeah, so I'll start off with uh, Cyrus. So, Everyone thinks he came out of nowhere, but he is one of the hardest workers I've ever seen. Like, we, in practice, even when he wasn't playing yet, he was the hardest worker. He comes in first in every sprint. Uh, he's the, he gets all the loose balls, all the hustle plays. Caleb the same way. Dakota the same way. A lot of people don't realize this. Those three actually, on a daily basis, would go come into the gym at 530 in the morning on a daily basis, working out, getting enough shots. So a lot of people see the production, they see their success, but they don't realize like those three, there's a reason why they became that successful. They worked, they worked harder than everyone else. Right. And uh, the other guy that I do this with, Elliot, is going to love hearing that because I remember uh, his, it would have been like the year before um, your last season with the team when, when Cyrus was just, you know, that walk on and nobody knew who he was outside of the team. I think we were looking at a practice or something like that, and Elliot goes, man, this Cyrus Largy guy looks good. I'm like, yeah, but he's a walk-on. So it's like, you know, that, that stigma that comes with it. 
Um, and sure enough, he gets four starts that year, and then he's a regular starter this past year, scoring 13 points a game and only going up from there. But yeah, it's you know we're hoping the best for all three of those guys. But anyways, Brian, you've been super active on social media and YouTube promoting your your channel and. Can you just tell us uh, what it is you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish, um, you know, talking how it is to be a D1 athlete and all that? Yeah, so it's actually a funny story. So I was actually in my in my apartment at Grambling, and my car had just broken down. So I had been in the room for a couple of days, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with Gary V, but I was, I was in my room, and I was kind of, you know, bored. And I'm like, okay, let me check and see. I meant to look at And what he was talking about is a lot of people don't tell their story because they're scared of what other people might think or what other people might say. And I thought about making a YouTube channel before, but once I saw that, I figured, okay, it's time. So I initially started talking about, you know, my struggles in high school and things like that. So I know people need to hear that, especially seeing where I am now. And then it kind of turned into, okay, I feel like, you know, playing AAU with Zion and playing with a lot of high-level talent throughout my career and watching and studying people, I felt like I can really bring a lot to the game in terms of letting kids know the truth and like how D1 isn't all good and grammar. There is days you have to like my freshman year we have boot camp. You have to be on the court at 5:30 a.m. for an entire week, and if everyone miss and if anyone misses a class or study hall, you have to add an extra day. Or the days that like I said, you um you might want to go home for Thanksgiving, but we can't because we have a tournament and things like that. Or there are certain things, especially in this mixtape era, a lot of players see a lot of flash and dunking but they don't tell them the truth that really the fundamentals is the biggest part of the game. And that's what really separates players. So I really just wanted to create a platform where players can come and watch and learn and really better themselves in their games. Well, it seems like you're doing just that. You got the platform. Um, there's tons of options out there between, you know, streaming opportunities and something like a YouTube channel. And, you know, you got the story, you got the platform, and you're using it. So that's awesome. I know just from what I've seen, it seems like every video gets more likes, more views, um, subscribers, stuff like that. So congratulations to you, man. Thank you. Thanks so much. I actually, um, as we're speaking right now, I actually have a – I also clip a lot of my videos on TikTok because I know that's where the younger generation is. Right. And I, I have a video actually getting uploaded at 11.45 a.m. that I already clipped and posted on TikTok. So actually as we're speaking – it's actually kind of going viral on TikTok right now. So it seems like I'm doing something right. All right. We'll have to check that out. But, um, yeah, all our listeners, go check out Brian Thomas on YouTube. I think, what's the name of the channel? Is it BT or is it Brian Thomas or what? Brian Thomas the second. Brian Thomas the second on YouTube. I know uh, TikTok, you can search for it an easier way. But I think that's BT and then some numbers. <laughs> I, just say, I actually changed it to make it easier. It's Brian Thomas the second as well. Okay. Brian Thomas is second everywhere. That's perfect. Uh, but guys, go list, go look at his videos. Go watch his videos. Go learn a thing or two. But we appreciate you coming on the pod, Brian. And you know, anytime in the future, we'd love you back. Um, just it's always great to get an athlete's perspective on things. Uh, but yeah, we appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Of course. Have a good one, dude. You too. That was Brian Thomas for you. Really great catching up with him. Next up, we have an interview with Brett Fritz, a founding member of the FTCU men's basketball team. The article I have coming out is really going to take a look at a lot of those guys' story, how they came to FGCU, why they chose FGCU, the success that they had, and the legacy they left behind. 
So what better of a person to have on than a guy who was one of the starters of all of it. So enjoy that. All right, we welcome Brett Fritz to the Screecher Report podcast for the first time. Brett, how are we doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. Of course. So we're excited to talk with you and, you know, just see how you're doing and promote this article that we have coming out. But first, I see, you know, just based on social media and whatnot, it seems like you're super involved with both of your daughter's AAU teams. And based on what I've seen, it seems like they've been doing pretty well lately. How's that going? Uh, yeah, uh, so I've got three kids now. Uh, I've got a daughter that's a freshman, a daughter that is a seventh grader, and then a son uh, that's only in third grade, and he's uh, he's playing soccer right now. I don't know who's yet, but um, yeah, my two girls are, are are rocking it. It's so much fun. Um, they're playing a lot of AAU ball. Uh, my freshman's starting to get some coaches uh, looking at her, which is pretty cool. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's fun transitioning now to being. A coach on the sidelines, a dad supporting in the driveway, um, you know, versus being in the gym at 6 a.m. doing all the hard workouts. They're the ones doing that now. I just have to drive them there. <laughs> Probably a lot easier than now, huh? Uh, yeah, easier. Um, it's it's different. I still get the itch, right? I still want to be there. Uh, my daughter, my freshman daughter, is still, um, or she does workouts in the mornings uh, around 6:30. I drop her off every morning, and I'm just like, I just want to go in and shoot with you. I just want to go and you know, uh, do some drills with you, but then my knees and my ankles and my back don't operate <laughs> the same way as they used to. So yeah, it's you. all fun. I hear you. Um, so sounds like we're looking at a couple of future uh, stars for Coach Smesco, huh? <laughs> well, it'd be nice. Uh, it'd be a dream come true if it happened, but uh, they got a lot of a lot of hard work to get there. Um, so, sure. yeah, you never know what the future brings, but, uh, but yeah, they – uh, I think they're actually both wearing FGCU uh, gear today to school. Um, we're, we're, the whole family is, we're all big uh, FGCU fans for obvious reasons. And um, Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we support the, support all the teams that we can. Well, anyways, um, we're super happy to have a founding member of the FGCU men's basketball program on the podcast. And, you know, the purpose for having you on this time, we have an article coming out, should be dropping on Monday, actually. I haven't fully decided on a name yet, but the word founders is probably going to be in there somewhere, but um, or program builders, something to that effect. But anyway, Brett, you were kind enough to be the first to contribute uh, without giving away a whole bunch, because uh, you know we got to tease the, the listeners. Can you just tell us your thoughts on contributing to the article and I guess how it was reliving some of those old memories? Oh, it was a blast. Uh, so first off, thanks for for doing it. Um, you know, myself, myself and others uh, that I know you're going to be talking with and they're, they're part of the the, um, the article as well. Um, yeah, you know, it was it was such a such a weird time. And so many of us had to take risks to, um, you know, we decided to take risks to, to help start the program up. Um, but uh, but looking back, uh, it was the best years of my life. Right. It was so much fun um, doing the, the things that no one ever thought we would be doing. And helping the program go from literally dust uh, and, and no court um, to, to where it is today is, is pretty cool to say. Yeah, it's uh, I'm excited to, to read the article again. I've, I've you know, obviously you've sent me the draft and stuff, but um, excited to keep reading about it and hearing about uh, the future of um, you know where the program goes and what people are up to these days. Just awe-inspiring to see where the programs come from just in the last you know 15, 16 years. <laughs> 
Definitely. And that's, you know, part of the reason that I was inspired to do this. I want to do one, you know, bigger article each off season. And last year was a, I did an all decade, you know, team, but that decade happened to be, you know, 2010 to 2020. And, you know, there's a whole 10 years before that, (laughs) that, you know, that the last 10 years wouldn't have happened if the 10 years before that didn't happen. And so I definitely wanted to do something this year to sort of highlight that. And we got comment from you, uh, Roman Brown, Ryan Hopkins, Brian Chrislip, Leighton Bowie. So all your, you know, old teammates, uh, Bo Bauer, Adam Liddell, Casey Wallab, guys who came after, Reed Baker after that. And, you know, we're definitely excited for people to, to read all those things. And we're excited for all you guys to sort of, like you said, catch up with some of the old guys that you used to play with if you might not catch up with them, you know, organically. Yeah, yeah, it's great, right? Like, I mean, uh, there's a large group of us that are in a, a text group thread together, so we'll randomly text each other and, and share old memories or joke about something going on in people's lives at the time. Um, but, you know, to the, to, the, to the mass public, most people think of FGCU as, as Dunk City and beyond, right? And um, Right. Uh, that's great. I, I think that's amazing. I, I love supporting it, and I think that um, you know, without Dunk City, we, who knows where we would be um, as a team, right? I think we'd be successful, but, but we wouldn't necessarily be on the the map, right? Um, as far as it's gone. Uh, but um, I do like to politely remind people that uh, there was a foundation built before Dunk City, right? And if that foundation was not there, um, who knows where it would go, right? Like Brett Comer wouldn't have joined. Dunk City, right, or, or, you know, FGCU, if it wasn't for the foundation. Um, uh, Bernard Thompson wouldn't have, you know, signed with FGCU. Maybe Andy Enfield wouldn't even go there, right, if it wasn't right. for the foundation that um, that we helped put in place. A little bit of a spoiler going along with that is um, another guy, um, Chase Feeler, came out of the same school as two guys who played with you, uh, Ryan Hopkins and Brian Chrislip, same high school. And you, you got to believe that there's either a connection over in Parkersburg, West Virginia that Balza had, or that it's just the influence of the guys who came from there. But, you know, another, you know, captain of that Dunk City squad and Sweet 16 squad that probably wouldn't have been there if it hadn't been for you guys. Well, yeah, it's a great reminder. Um, so, yeah, um, Hop and Chris played with me, right? They were recruits one and two. Um, uh, little known fact, we actually played uh, one of FGCU's games was played in their high school at Parkersburg South. So Coach Balza scheduled, uh, he tried to schedule games in everyone's hometowns um, for that first group. So we played games in Parkersburg, West Virginia, um, up in Indiana for uh, Scott Wilson. Uh, we played in Arkansas for Roman Brown you know, all the different hometowns we could get to. We did uh, play uh, a game at their high school, which was really cool, um, you know, to play a college atmosphere game uh, in an old high school gym. We packed it out, and uh, we won the game, too, so that was pretty cool. But, yeah, I got to think that just playing that game in their hometown, um, getting police escorts through Parkersburg, right, as we came into town, so cool. And I got to imagine Chase Feeler was either at that game or heard about that game, you know, as a young kid, I'm thinking, oh my God, this is this is where I want to be at the future. So yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And we've been hearing tons of you know little tiny factoids like that. And I'm just like I said, I'm excited to release it to everyone and have anyone who's interested get a chance to see some of that history they might not be aware of or might have forgotten about. But anyways, that's all the questions we got. Um, I really do appreciate you coming on. And yeah, I, I'm just excited for everyone to read it.
Yeah, no, thank you for having me. And um, thank you for all the hard work that uh, that you guys are doing. It's great being a former Eagle, you know, being able to get caught up um, through looking at social media and your posts and your podcasts like this to uh, to really still stay connected to the team and the community. So thank you for all the hard work you guys are doing. For sure. That's why we're doing it. Thank you, man. All right, thanks. Have a great day. You too. Thank you to Brian Thomas for the interview, as well as to Brett Fritz. It's a blast talking to former players. We appreciate you guys for listening, as always. If you ever have questions, you ever feel like chatting, we love talking ball. You know, hit us up on social media. Yeah, we look forward to continuing to cover the team, and until next time, peace.